say I do that on my own show too where in the beginning I'd be like good morning I'm like oh but you might not be listening right when I'm recording I mean that wouldn't make sense would it it helps me to know babe that when you've been doing this for for so long that you still make those mistakes oh yeah that my mistakes are still acceptable at work we call it making mistakes at full speed oh totally we make mistakes at full speed all the time around here we even build airplanes in the air yeah. Right? I, I hear that's not recommended, though. No, I I would I don't like flying, so... But we digress. Welcome to the Finally Coming Out podcast with two gay moms and a beautiful shit show. I'm sitting here with my lovely fiancé, Tamar Medford. And I'm hanging out with my beautiful fiancé, Melody Rowley. And if you haven't listened before on this podcast, we chat about kind of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, we are two gay moms. Yeah. Um, that's pretty obvious. That's very, well, by the title, it is very obvious. But yeah. we also have a beautiful shit show. And our beautiful shit show is um, we have three kids with special needs mm-hmm. um, that have, they kind of cover a lot of the spectrum of different diagnoses, mental health diagnoses. And um, I also, well, we're both late in life lesbians, but I also came out within the Christian community. Yeah. You came out within the... Alcoholics Re- recovery community. Community. recovery community. Yeah, we'll say. And um, I work in education. You work in producing. There's a lot of stuff that we bring to the table. Yeah, I think so. Um, there's a lot of beautiful things that we bring to the table, but those beautiful things are often very much filtered through shit shows. <laughs> yes, they are. Um, so yeah, we talk about everything on here, and today we're going to be talking about how we can foster dialogue. Um, and understanding between the pride community and uh, the Christian church. So I think that our listeners probably want a bit of an update first before we get into today's episode. Okay. So you guys have probably heard that one of the teens has gone off to camp. Yes. And to work for the to summer. To work for the summer. And, you know, in the beginning, we were like, oh my gosh, How's this going to go? Mm-hmm. It, it was basically a struggle to get her to stay home mm-hmm. to go to camp. Yeah. She was desperate. Ending grade 12, graduating from high school, um, but desperate to be independent, desperately wanted to move out on her own, not financially in any kind of position where she could do that, and even functionally not really in a place to do that, but not able at that point yet to admit That functionally she wasn't at that place. Yeah. And there was many, 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 many fights Mm -hmm. of you in particular, because she never really said it to me, of her telling you, I'm 18, mom, you need to let me live my life. Yeah. And it's so, I mean, you hear teenagers say it all the time. That's not an abnormal thing for a teenager to say. Yeah. But 
a lot of teenagers can go out. They move out on their own. I was very young when I moved out on my own. I was 19, 18, 19. 19. And I was like, okay, but I had to already pay rent. I was responsible. I had a job. Yeah. I was, okay, I won't say I was responsible, (laughs) but I was able to take care. You were a pretty solid uh, alcoholic at that point. (laughs) Yes, but I was able to take care of my responsibilities. Yeah. Right? I knew what had to be done day to day. And so, you know, she was very adamant that we were the prison and that we were holding her back. Yeah. And that we needed to let her, I believe her words were, be free like a bird. Yes. She was a trapped bird in a cage. Yes. And she wanted to fly. Yes. So Um, you got her a job there. Yes. And you, well, she did do the interview. She did do the but interview. But it was my connection that it was your connection, and it. you had friends that that were very understanding. You were able to give them the heads up yeah. of kind of what to expect, and shall we say the first two weeks was a bit of a shit show. Yeah. So she struggles with like severe anxiety. She has an intellectual and cognitive processing disability, um, FAS, ADHD, ODD. Um, a lot. And um, very much can live in a fantasy world, whether that's a positive or negative fantasy, um, where that she will then believe all of those things that are happening. Yeah. So um, it can be very difficult. And the first couple of weeks were an extremely big challenge where um, we were really concerned, um, well, for her well-being, period, but for the impact she was having on everybody and... Um, how long she would last there and we're on week three now yeah um things have really turned around a friend of mine work uh lives there in the summer and um she is an ea she had has been an ea for i don't know 30 years or so and so she has kind of helped step in to help her process what she's doing Mm -hmm. and uh that has really really helped and so we would appreciate all your prayers um that she will continue to do well and that this will be just a great opportunity for her to to grow and to develop some healthier relationships because her friendships she has here generally are not um, healthy for her. And just that she will kind of come into her own but also realize it's okay to get support, not mm-hmm. with just with schoolwork, but with living as well. Yeah. Exactly. And I think you're very fortunate that you have connections over there and especially people who do what you do for a living Yeah, because they were able to come in and talk to her straightforward and Mm -hmm. give her one task at a time. Whereas before it was more looking at this teenager who's not really pulling her weight. Like can't read the room and see what needs to be done. Exactly. You can't expect that. And so, you know, we were at a point where they were kind of like, well, we're not sure if this is going to work or not. Like, we'll see how it goes. Um, So it just goes to show you, right? Like you have to know how to handle these kids. Mm -hmm. And that's why I always, I know you don't like it, but I always call you my saint or my superhero. Superhero. Is because you do know that it has to be very direct when it comes to these kids. So she's still there. Yes. We're still the, the, you know, Linnea is doing a lot better. She's doing really well. Jaylene is doing good too. I mean, she's working. She's, you know, we made her a little bit of a deal with her rent. She's not a hundred percent keeping up with that, but we're, we're working with her to teach her how to be an adult because it's time. It it is time. And it better baby steps now with that than her just get out on her own and oh my gosh. Exactly. Um, so 
yeah, things are, are going good where we have a lot of strategies in place. Uh, we've changed Linnea's diet drastically. Mm-hmm. Um, so she doesn't eat gluten or sugar, chocolate, or especially red and blue food colorings to try and limit a lot of. Um, and it has helped tremendously. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we actually, well, we've talked before about having her DNA done and that really helped yeah. to kind of gain better understanding of how she works. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, you know, still going full swing, but it's definitely calmed down. So it can feel a little bit more like summer. Yeah, and exactly. Peaceful and yeah, totally. So it's really good. Yeah. I thought I would bring that up because yeah. I thought we haven't mentioned it in a few episodes. Yeah, that's true. We haven't. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing good. Yeah. We're doing good. Hopefully by the time you listen to this, we will still be doing good. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so fostering dialogue. How do you chat and listen, actively listen and engage with um, a a person or organization or an idea that um, has been traumatically opposing to part of your core yeah why don't you start us off <laughs> well first especially because that does actually bring up trauma yeah create a safe and inclusive space yeah create a safe space because you're not the only one um create a safe space where you can hear each other where it's like there's ground rules, you know, we're going to be respectful and all this kind of stuff. We're not going to yell. We're not going to debate. We're not going to, you know, like to a harmful place. Um, but just create that safe space where open dialogue can happen. Because mm-hmm. I think that if you're, if it's not going to be a safe space, you can't, there can't be any understanding. Yeah. There can't be any growth. Um, if then everybody's walls just have to go up right away. So set those ground rules. Um, where you can talk, mm-hmm. um, talk about why that is so impo- important to have the safe, inclusive space, yeah. um, and within the church, yeah. um, so that people of the pride community can talk so that they can feel like, not just like there's a space for <sighs> dogs, Not so just so that there's a space where they can talk freely, but that you want to hear them. Yeah. I think that's important. Like, I didn't feel like anybody wanted to hear what I had to say. Mm -hmm. And um, that is really important. So create this space and announce you have the space. Yeah. Right? And I don't mean a room, although you need somewhere to do it, but let people know that you want to hear from them. Now, I remember... Six years ago, maybe, when my girls were baptized, and during the sermon, there was, I wrote about this in my book, a really awful moment where the pastor had mentioned, like, the topic wasn't on homosexuality, anything like that. I can't remember why he brought it up, but mentioned how he knew that there were people in the congregation that we're struggling with same-sex attraction and that um, he, like, could only imagine how difficult that was and how they're there to pray with them so that they can find healing and move on. And it's like, no, 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 that's not what we want. We don't want a safe, a space where 
we you want to hear from us so that then we can have healing from it maybe healing from the trauma yeah that happens but not healing from it's we're not praying the gay away we don't want that no if that is anywhere close to it no yeah not gonna happen no um you can't pray gay away well you can't and i feel like that's like proven (laughs) i feel like that's it's like trying to scrub a mole off it's there it is what it is you, no matter how hard of a brush you use or... Well, there's soap. no plastic surgery that works for gay. Exactly. Like, I mean, well, that's not true. Okay, because if you're, like, transitioning, there is. <laughs> but <laughs> but we could get into a whole deep That's talk. a whole All we're else. saying is you okay, can't I thought pray. I had a really good, like, little analogy You can't there. pray it, it away. Work. You can't pray it away. No. You know, it's, like, organically who you are. Exactly. Can you change your blood type? No, you can't change no. your blood type. So, same thing. Yeah. There we go. Oh my gosh. We digress. Anyways, create a safe space. Let them know it's there. Make sure it is an affirming safe space, not just a welcoming one where you want to pray the gay away. And I want to say, if you are maybe a church leader or you're someone that has, you know, you've been in your your congregation, is that right? Yeah. For a long time. Think about someone who has just gone through something really horrific. And maybe they were not part of the Christian community, but they needed someone that would listen to them, Mm -hmm. someone that would pray with them, what would you do? You would probably welcome them with open arms. You would probably listen to their story and you would pray. You would pray for them. Yeah. You would pray that, you know, God would protect them. God would meet them where they're at. Exactly. You don't pray, oh, God, please let this person know what they did wrong. Well, that's not... Please, God, pray the gay away. No. But well, you, you would, don't ask God to pray the gay away. But, you but, would pray to ask God to take it. I know, the gay. I know. But, but you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I, yeah, there would probably yeah. be no church leader that would turn that person around yeah. that's struggling and saying, "No, actually, you're a sinner. We don't want to talk to you." Yeah. Right. And not, or not like, that, yeah, not that yeah. they would take in somebody from the LGBTQ community and say that. Yeah. But what would you do for that person? Well, some you would, would do listen, that. You would listen to them. Yeah. But some would do that. Some, some would might. just solidly some might. reject. Yeah, I guess so. Um, we need to also like educate church leaders and members on the issues um, that the pride community um, deals with. Mm-hmm. Um, I know like even like things like um, family, church family barbecues that are super... Um, co-hetero parent situations. And it's like, we, like, it helps us to know that same-sex couples, families are also welcome. Mm -hmm. And, and I know that some people were like, well, obviously they are. Well, it's not actually obvious because for a very, very long time, it's been the opposite. So, Mm going above and beyond to say, like, this is a pride-friendly event, like, you know, pride-friendly church, you know, like, that kind of stuff would, can help. Yeah. Um, emphasize the importance of education and raising awareness about different identity, different identities and experiences within the Christian community. I think it helps people to know, um, kind of the trauma of where we've come from. Because, Sure, I was not Stonewall. I haven't been in a gay bar that's been bombed or 
targeted maliciously. We actually realized this week, found out on this like top five safest places for gay couples to be and Vancouver's number one. So we're in a pretty solid place here. But um, we still carry that history kind of with us when we go somewhere. We know like there's been all of this stuff and so there is a lot of fear. And you know what I find incredible and not in a good way is that oftentimes when nightclubs are, you know, there's shootings or mm-hmm. bombings, it's always, it's often, I would say, almost probably 99% of the time, a Christian denomination or somebody who has come from that kind of background or, that has done that. Or maybe even connected to or they say that they are. Exactly. Yeah. And we're not we're not saying that all, you know, Christians who are no. in the welcoming are like this, but it's really sad because doesn't aren't you supposed to love your neighbor? Yeah. I think love thy neighbor is the As way you said. So exactly. Yeah. So that makes no sense that, you know, people use that and then, because you see all these cults that come up too, mm-hmm. and they use their faith to do harmful things to others. Yeah. It's insane. It is insane. So. It is insane. But like, so I think that in terms of like having dialogue, talking with the church, yeah. working on forming those relationships, I think that's really important so that, that we can like go to the table together kind yes. of thing. Yeah. Um, I am a part of the a committee within, with a denomination that... It just kind of talks about how they can um, meet the needs of pride members in their church congregation. And it is currently still a welcoming denomination. It's not affirming yet. Um, Hopefully someday it will happen. But they are asking, how can we help? And I think that's really important for a church to do is to say, how can we help? How can we facilitate these conversations? Mm -hmm. What can we do? And I know we actually had this thing where they came out with like a pride flag that was like everyone's welcome here or something along those lines and it was like at first I was like oh that's great and then I kind of realized wait a minute no it's not because the pride flag is like international symbol for like an affirming love is love everyone is actually welcomed affirmed loved here and um you can't use that symbol Unless you are going to be affirming. Right. Um, otherwise, it's kind of like a lure and uh, bait, you're being baited and it's it's lying. And so being able to be a part of this committee where we talk about, well, actually, you know, at first I had some good feelings about it, but then it's like, wait a minute. No, actually, I don't like that because that's being very sneaky. First, and, put it on your church. Well, first change. I mean, be a affirming when the denomination is able to actually change on the books absolutely yes we are affirming do that yeah but don't use the pride flag to try and say people are safe in your place because they're not yeah if if pray the gay away is going to be at any point don't do that yeah because it is a lie it is sneaky Maybe your intentions aren't that, but that's what it actually it comes down to being. So I think that like that kind of dialogue where it's like, should we do this to be like welcoming of everybody and make everybody feel safe? Well, only if they actually are. Yeah. 
you know, and so having those dialogues, I think is really, totally, really good. But that's, that's a step in the right direction. The fact that they have a committee and that they're having these kind of yeah. conversations, yeah. even though, you know, cause they don't understand. Okay. It's like, okay, great. Well, we'll, we'll put the flag on our emails. Well, actually, you yeah. know, having that open dialogue can make them see it from someone like yourself's yeah. point of view. Yeah. And I think that's important because, yeah, yeah I mean, the, super well-intentioned, yeah. absolutely. Totally. But missing a few marks. Yeah. Um, Getting there, and, though. And, yeah, understanding what can actually happen. Um, discuss the significance of active listening. Um hearing where we're all coming from because I do also know having been a pastor and all of that it is not just a matter of a denomination saying okay we're going to be affirming it's so not that simple especially a denomination that's been around for any length of time because there is major history yeah and um there's a lot more work that needs to be done around that yeah um so I'm not going to just be like, ah, this denomination is against gays. This denomination is against gays. And I'm not going to be like, you know, just angry or mad at it, but instead be a part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. And I've said for several things, like if everybody that sees the problems, and this could be for any workplace, but if anyone, everyone that sees the problems leaves and it's just going to crumble and it, should it crumble or does it actually have the potential to do some great things and stay? Mm -hmm. So be a part of the conversation. Don't just leave it. Totally. But also approach it like with respect, respect, understanding. Um, it's, it's not super simple mm -hmm. for sure. Build bridges. Tell us more about that. So for example, it, with this denomination that I'm talking with, um, someone reached out to me mm -hmm. to kind of build that bridge. Yeah. Um, because they're not an island. I'm not an island, <laughs> you know? And so this way we can kind of come together. Right. Find some common ground. And that will help because it's not just like the gays against the straights. <laughs> it's not that. Because like we've said before, it's only one part of us. Right. One little part of us. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think, you know, it was interesting, actually, probably about a month ago, I had posted something and somebody on my Facebook had actually made a comment that, you know, they're tired of all the trans propaganda and stuff. And, and I said, he said, sorry, you know, um, don't hate me for saying this. And he had made a comment like that. And I said, there's no hate here. And I didn't say anything back because I didn't feel it was necessary because I know that there's some people that feel overwhelmed with yeah. what's going on. Mm -hmm. But I think you also have to understand that, you know, for years now, since, you know, back in the 90s, 80s, probably, when the AIDS, when AIDS yeah. happened, or HIV and AIDS happened, yeah. I mean, there are people who have been fighting for our right to get married. Oh, totally. Right. And totally. so it's an ongoing thing because you can see in the world what happens as soon as people stop fighting, then there's other, you know, government bodies that start making all these, you know, down in the States in particular that start making all these laws up that, you know, for trans and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, there, it is still a fight, right? It is still a fight. And it is like, um, yeah, well, and it's in and a lot. Like I know that uh, as 
I'd say in my 20s was really when you started seeing the rainbows everywhere. Um, and because I was still very much fighting against my being gay and still saw it as being a negative thing, I would just get annoyed with all the rainbows everywhere. And I'm like, oh, and then every show has to have a gay couple and blah, blah, blah. And I was, <laughs> I was always very bitter about that because yeah. I felt like I couldn't be that. And that was who I was. Right. And am. And so it wasn't until I let myself be gay and embraced it and really actually even started to dig into the history of the pride community to see why are there parades? Why are there rainbows on every building now? Well, it is because there has been so much hate. Yeah. There needs to be reconciliation. Yeah. And like, you know, trans is on in media and stuff all the time. And, and right now, like in the States, there's some pretty crappy stuff going on Mm -hmm. so their voice is to be heard i think and that's that is often when you see things coming up all the time um not just within the pride community but any topic that is popular kind of at the time or yeah you know and people don't know i mean i remember lives matter like you there's that is popular for a reason right now because there's shit going on yeah uh yeah and even addiction recovery i mean in the recovery community we constantly have to fight to get rid of the stigma mm-hmm. because I guarantee you that if you're sitting there looking at someone that's homeless and going, ah, homeless bum, get them out of my neighborhood. Yes. You know what? It's super inconvenient. It's not cool, but there's not enough resources. And mm-hmm. a lot of those people have mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And so us in the recovery community also have to fight because Probably you're going and saying that, but your spouse or your cousin or your friend is having an issue with drugs or alcohol and you don't even know about it because that's a normal part of your living, like your day-to-day living. And so it's the same thing. Like if we don't start to fight and we don't start to speak up and we don't start to say, hey, you know what? This is a real problem. It's affecting a lot of people. Nobody's going to understand. Yeah. Right. And it's. You know, it's just, it's the same thing. We have to start talking about it openly. So if you're tired of hearing it, well, we need some change in the world, right? So help us. Yeah. And then maybe you won't have to hear it all the time. Exactly. Totally. We're not a... Rant over. You know, we'll be like the broken record. Yeah. Be the broken record. Yeah. Because those... slogan. Because those people who came before us and were brave enough to come out before us, I mean, they're the reason why today we can get married. They're the reason why today we can sit on the beach and hold hands. Exactly. Um, so we thank you. Yeah. We do thank you. Um, and in all of that, advocate. Be an ally. Yep. Um, change your little Facebook profile thing to yeah. a rainbow and a cross. Mm-hmm. Um, step out of your comfort zones. Um, and if you're like on this side of the fence that we're on... Be patient. Yeah. Be respectful, but let your voice be heard. Exactly. I think that's really important. Yeah. Well, well said, babe. Oh, thanks. Yeah, be the welcome. broken record. <laughs> I like that, actually. You're so beautiful. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to go throw some axes now. That's right. Date night. It's date night. We're yeah. going to go throw some axes in beautiful lesbian form. Mm-hmm. I have, like, should get, like, some of my plaid lumberjack things out for you. Except it is kind of It is kind of hot for that, yeah. It is a little bit hot, but. Yeah. That's okay. It is. 
Thanks for listening, guys. We'll hear you, hear you soon. Talk to you soon. I don't know. Bye. Yeah, we'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.